Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by size where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be as involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hi guys, welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast. Um, apologies for the delay of this podcast. Um, as life begins to unravel, um, it actually delays the process or the idea of actually getting the podcast done, which I actually enjoy doing every every fortnight. But over the past month or so, it's been quite difficult to actually pin myself down to actually get this done. But as I do the research, I find it more fascinating the things that I actually like to discuss. And actually sometimes even just before recording, I come across gems or things that really enthuse me in regards to African football. So actually yesterday, before actually recording the podcast today, um, I'd no plans to actually discuss the things I'm going to discuss today. I wanted to kind of like get involved in some of the articles that have been written, but not quite released again. I do apologize, apologize in regards to that. Um, but I wanted to get into some of those things and then discuss obviously the, the African nations, which is only due or due to kick off in the next couple of days. But without no further ado, I want to kind of like get into a couple of things today. And actually last night, as I was thinking, um, immediately the name of the podcast came to mind. So the game has moved on. Um, and I don't even know where I got that from, actually, but it, it popped into my mind. and I thought, no, that's exactly what I want to talk about today. And as I said, just before actually recording the podcast, I came across something on TIFO football. And I thought, you know, what? actually, this is some fantastic information in which I'd like to discuss in a bit more detail. Because I know, obviously, over the past, I'm going to say maybe two months, either via the podcast or either via articles, we discussed the African Super League um, in brief, but also in a bit of detail as well. So what I want to do, I want to take some information that I've actually um, listened to today and I want to regurgitate that in some in in some way, shape or form. But I would definitely advise people to go listen to that via TIFO. And I'm actually going to tell you the name of the the um, the video. How African football is changing forever. And that is true. That is very true. And I think we're um, at the... We're at an axis or certainly at a point in time where African football is beginning to develop. And although it may not be at the rate that we would like, I think it... Um, we're in um how do I even um, describe this? I think we're in a position where I think things are about to things things are about to kick off in some in some respect. Um, how, a breakout. If you were a trader, you understand that terminology. I feel there's a breakout about to take place. Um, and it might it might be taking um a while to to see, but I think there is definitely one um developing as we speak. Um, but let's get straight to it. The African Super League. Now. It's actually not even called that. I think it's called the African... Oh, my God. Oh, the AFL, African Football League. Yeah, it's called the African Football League. But it was developed or certainly named the um, the African Super League um, not long before, just after the, the Super League in Europe collapsed. And to begin with, I think I was quite enthused with the idea behind it because although it may not suit the, let's say, the agenda of clubs in Europe, I think for where we are in Africa, it might be something that actually suits us. Um, in that we need to kind of bring more eye- more eyeballs, but at the same time more revenue to the continent for football to develop. Um, a at grassroots level, but it's grassroots level, sorry, but also at a professional level as well. Um, I think there's so many different facets of our game that needs to improve, um, from the foundations in regards to, um, the development of football, um, to actually some of the infrastructures, um, of football generally speaking. You could you're about, you can be talking about stadia, you can talk about, um. And training grounds, equipment, etc., etc. I think um, for us to take our game to another level, I think so. Those sort of things, those foundations, those um, 
yeah, those, those sort of things need to be brought to our game. And I think from there, I think you begin to see our game in some respect um, improve um, exponentially. But I want to get to some of these, these, these bullet points that you have here. So it was rebranded, which I find really, really interesting, actually. So I think to begin with, it was planned it will be an actual Super League as... As, as its name and as it was discussed obviously here in Europe and um, but that that soon changed that soon changed and I'm not too sure why of course there are definitely political things taking place in regards to that and then it was then branded the African um, Football League and I think along the way there's been talk of the CAF Champions League and the African Football League potentially having a, a conflict of interest I know there's been talk of that not quite being the case but clearly clearly there is a case for it being a conflict of interest. And if you ask me, actually, I've always thought there was a conflict of interest, but I didn't quite understand what was taking place um, behind, let's say, closed doors for it to or for it not to be a conflict of interest. Um, and, of, of course, in reading some of the comments and even listening to the um, to the video via TIFO, I think there's no doubt that people people do or don't believe that the African Champions League does need to be does need to be developed a little bit more. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. And the idea is not to actually remove the Champions League. But I think there needs to be a way for both of these competitions to to coexist in some respect. In regards to TV and sponsorship. So um oh I think it was Supersport, I think which is based in South Africa and um, yeah, based in South Africa, and that generally um, covers a lot of sub-Saharan um, football in Africa. And there's BN Sports, which is generally, and from what I understand, I think is a French is a French outfit or French company, which generally covers a lot of well, football, actually, in the Arab world and also in Africa as well. And from what I understand, there's been a bit of conflict in regards to TV and sponsorship with the tournament. And I guess that's what's held up its real... Not its inception, but um, developed. No, sorry, that's what's held up. It's that's what's held up. It really kicking off and taking off because the tournament to begin with, I think, was planned to be. I think it was an eighteen team tournament, and then ultimately, I think it was an eighteen tournament, which was held between. I think it was um, October and November, or November December. Um, just gone, and although I think it's a good thing that the tournament actually take, uh, has taken place, there must be a reason, or there is a reason why it was scaled back. And from what I understand, obviously, next year, if you watch the video, the tournament will be a lot bigger than it was this year. But I think it's really interesting to see, obviously, where, why, and how these things have and haven't taken place. And I think over a period of time, hopefully, people can get around the table to actually iron out some of these creases so we can bring more eyeballs um, to the continent in regards to football and generally speaking because ultimately I think what I find really interesting I think Gianni Infantino who is kind of heading up a lot or some of this some of this um, th this this tournament so to speak um, they're talking about bringing in I think close to if not about 100 million um, dollars or pounds in revenue um, to the to the continent which will be more than has ever really been seen before. And I think there was contrast and comparisons as to Senegal receiving five million um for their for their recent AFCON and victory. And then there was Al Hali who received I think it was four million for their CAF Champions League win as well. So with this tournament, I think there's talk that but there is talk or there was talk that eleven million pounds or dollars, sorry, was going to be the prize money. And I think that again, that's a game changer. But not only with that, in regards to the development and infrastructure, there was talk or yeah, there was talk that the all fifty four members would receive one million dollars per year 
for the development of their game. And again, these things are game changers in some respect because I think we need something to really kickstart the development in regards to infrastructure for football, not only in these 54 um, respective associations, but in Africa, generally speaking. And again, this wasn't something that I planned on talking about. Um, I planned on talking about the AFCONs in some respects, actually, and my title, The Game Has Actually Moved... Sorry, The Game Has Moved On. We've gone from a place where we've been talking about players in terms of moving from Africa to Europe or within Europe to big clubs in, in Europe to now actually talking about developing competitions. And I think that is a different change in mindset. And I think that has kind of like tweaked my ears in some respect because I think we're all beginning to see the potential of Africa. And I think that's really, really good. Um, but the game has moved on. And the reason, reason why I say the game has moved on because I think I saw a post yesterday from Versus who, which said, sorry, and I understand they're going to do a podcast on this as well, is who is your Go African player? And I think that is, yes, it is definitely subjective based on what time or period you're born in. But I think it's great that we're actually beginning to have those conversations and definitely between two different generations because the list of players that I see in this image are Riyad Mahrez, Didier Drogba and JJ Okocha. And it's mad because that image actually warped my thinking in some respect as to who is the GOAT African player. And I'm trying to think if there's anyone else within this list. Um, but no, no, there's no one else they've listed. There's no one else they've listed. But it warped my thinking as to who is the GOAT African player. And I, and this morning, it, I kind of leant towards JJ Okocha. But then I sat there and I thought to myself, no, like you, I mean, I don't want to lean um, um, from a biased point of view to... Um, um, Abede Pele or, or anyone of that nature because there's been phenomenal players that have come um, that have come before us and we've seen the clips etc etc but I sat there and I thought to myself George Weah the only African man to win a Ballon d'Or world player of the year you know these sort of things these sort of accolades cannot be missed and cannot be skipped over and then there's um, amazing this, this is probably a great argument can Mo Salah be can he be regarded as one of the greatest African players? No, no, he will be regarded as one of the greatest. But can he be potentially regarded as the greatest African player without winning the AFCONs? That's a question for yourself. I'm not too sure. I don't know why. I've never considered him to be the greatest. And I'm going to list maybe a couple more players. So here's Riyad Mahrez. And for me, that's I don't I don't believe he is. Drogba. Um, I think he's in the he's in the equation. Um, Sam Weto, I think he's in the conversation. JJ Kocha for his mercurial skill and what he's brought to the game. I think he is definitely in the equation and certainly in the conversation. Um, George Ware, without a shadow of a doubt, is in the conversation. You know, for me, he might be the goat if I'm honest. And then there's um, Abede Pele, and there's there's so many others, so many others that you can add to to the conversation. Um, but I think it's an interesting conversation. I think it should, should be interesting to actually listen to the Versus um, podcast to find out not even what their view is, but in fact, no, their view, I think, is definitely important. But I guess more so the view from a perspective from a different generation. So I'm 38 years old and I imagine those who are 50, 60 and 70 will have a completely different view and perspective based on what they think or who they think is the best African player. Likewise, even the best in football club in Africa. I mean, based on my knowledge, I think it's Al-Hali. I mean, based on their success in the African Champions League. 
Um, but I think that's an interesting conversation, generally speaking. A lot of these things that I wanted to discuss today, I think I've all come at the same time. And the reason why I say that, well, I guess it's not, it's not really a coincidence, really. We're going into um, the, the AFCONs. And Sky Sports have released a documentary, How Has... Um, oh, how has how Africa changed the Premier League? And I've had, I haven't watched the documentary, and I think it will watch it. But I've had to sit there and think to myself, how has Africa changed the Premier League? Um, and the reason why I think this is an important question, I think it will be an important documentary, is because actually I'm going to get to the because in just a moment. I think this might potentially be the most anticipated Afcons in a while. Um, or ever potentially, and the reason why I say that is because I think more it's got more eyeballs on the on the competition. I think you've got more players of a greater quality, I believe, playing in the competition. Um, and it's weird, really, because I think it's beginning to have actually an impact on the Premier League. And the reason why I say that is because I think players of greater quality, those who are important to some of the Premier League clubs or even those around Europe. I think the impact has been felt in regards to their inclusion for the tournament. So I think it's become, I think it's always been a conversation, but more so it's become a conversation because of the impact it's had, you know? And it should be interesting to see, actually, because I know the Asian Cup has been played as well. And who knows, maybe in a few more years' time, that might be a conversation in regards to the Asia Cup and how Asia has changed the Premier League might be a conversation. But let's see if we can actually answer that that question. How Africa changed the Premier League? Because I haven't actually put my finger on it as of yet. And um, I was hoping to be able to put my finger on it before the podcast was recorded. But I want to think as I... I want to speak as I think, or think as I speak. And I think there's more quality in the Premier League than ever before. Um, and there's definitely more African players in the Premier League than ever, ever before. Whether that's the diaspora... Um, or whether that's those who are born in Africa and have come to the Premier League. And I think with that, you have more quality. Um, you have more quality. I think you have more culture, more more diversity. And I think that's important because I think you've got more eyes and ears on the Premier League than ever before. And I think with that, economically, I think it allows each quarter of the world, I'm specifically speaking to Africa, but it allows each quarter of the world to benefit. I think if you've got more diversity in your in your league, I think it I think it I think it adds more flavour and more quality, in my in my humble opinion. I'm sure there are definitely more, more, more answers, um, but that's where I think I stand with it at this moment in time. Um, yeah, I think that's where I stand with it at this moment in time, and hopefully I can embellish on this, um, going forward. Um, but it's interesting because I think I would love to know the the percentage of African players. Let's write this percentage of African players in the Premier League. I do apologise. Give me a second. Please give me a number. Okay. In this current season, in fact, this is a bit old. Um... This is this is the twenty to twenty one to twenty two season, so I think this is the last season. Um, in the current season, seven percent of all players are from Africa, with the four aforementioned Salah considered by many to be the best and second player in the world right now. This chart shows the share of Premier League players that were from Africa. 
and this is from 1992 to 2022. I'm not going to go into it, but I imagine this percentage here is those players who are from Africa, born in Africa. Then you need to talk about those of the diaspora. So that, I don't know, again, that's another interesting conversation in itself. So Africa is beginning to have a massive, massive, massive impact on the Premier League because obviously even within that conversation, you've got players of the diaspora who are now playing for African countries. Really, really interesting. What I'm going to do very quickly as we finish off, I'm going to run through a few articles which hopefully round this off very, very well. I spoke of the um, it being one of the most important tournaments um, of our time, certainly in, in my time anyway, because I'm looking forward to it. Um, this is from Ghana Soccer Net. Black Stars make grand entrance in Ivory Coast, draped in vibrant um, kente cloth. Now... Again, I think this is really, really interesting because I've seen Nigeria do something very similar. In fact, they do it every tournament, but more so I'm beginning to see these images on my screen, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, etc., etc. So Nigeria, Ghana, um, who else have I seen? Um, I think they're the only two sides I've seen. Now, I've seen more sides, but I can't really name them at, at the moment. But also I've seen vibrant scenes in the Ivory Coast of people having a good time, which is something I'd probably more so associate with a Euros or a World Cup in Brazil. That's what I saw when I was there. Um, where was the recent? Um, in Qatar, you saw that. Um, in Germany, every major tournament, generally speaking, World Cup and also Euros, you see a vibrant group of people. Whereas with an Afcon, there's not something I. That's not something I associate. I don't know why. Maybe because we don't see those images, which speaks to the idea, or goes back to the the AFL and the Super League in Africa. Um, by having more funds, whether it's television sponsors, etc., etc., I think you allow there to be more, um, more infrastructure, but better production, which allows us to see those images. Next article. Ooh, is this gone? Here we are. We have provided all the needful to the Black Stars. This is the sports minister. Let's read this. As the Black Stars prepare for the 2023 AFCON, um, Charles, I'm off... Amofo, Charles Amofo, the sports minister, has assured that the ministry and government have diligently provided all the necessary support for the team. The team laden with the aspirations and tasked with ending Ghana's 42 years AFCON trophy drought will kick off their campaign against Cape Verde on Sunday. Subsequent clashes with Egypt and Mozambique will follow as they aim for their fourth AFCON title. It's not going to be easy. Speaking after the send-off, Dina Kamasi, attended by dignitaries, including President Amofo, highlighted their thorough preparation made for the squad. We will notice the team went into residential camping in Kamasi. Everything that the government or ministry needs, government or the ministry needs to give the team was put in place. He further emphasised the smooth proceedings during camp, indicating that the primary focus is on providing unwavering support to ensure the team's success in the Ivory Coast. The camp was very quiet and everything went well. Everything went well. What we are looking for is to give is to give them support so that they so that they go be victorious in the Ivory Coast. Okay, superb. I think it's the last article. Okay, with that being said, okay, this is interesting as well because I was actually doing an article on this one as well. Ghana's AFCON 2023 budget to be revealed post-tournament. 
The spokesperson for the Ministry of Youth and Sports, Charles Amarfour, has disclosed that the budget allocated for Ghana's Black Star for, to Ghana's Black Stars for the 2023 Afcons will be made public after the conclusion of the tournament in the Ivory Coast. That should be interesting. If they have a successful tournament, I'm sure they'll be very happy to disclose it. If they have a poor one, that should be interesting. Um, I'm sure that'll be a point of discussion. In the interview with Angel FM, Amorfor emphasised sorry, that the budgetary details for the Continental Showpiece are still a work in progress. He urged Ghanaians to support the team and await their comprehensive breakdown and budget once the tournament concludes. He stated, the AFCON budget is a work in progress. Already said that. Ghanaians will know after the tournament. For now, we'll entreat everyone to pray for the team. Coach Chris Hutton recently completed preparations for the tournament with the full squad in attendance following the arrival of star midfielder Kudus Mohamed. Massive tournament for him, by the way. The four-time African champions conclude their training camp in Kamasi on Tuesday and are en route to the Ivory Coast, the host nation for the Afghans. And a special send-off. We've done that already. We've done that already. We've done that already. Okay, superb. Okay, I think this has been quite insightful in some respect. I'm looking forward to the tournament. I do believe it's going to be a massive tournament in terms of production of the tournament. I think it should be interesting to see what um, networks are actually showing this, whether it's going to be on YouTube. Yeah, whether it's going to be YouTube as well. I'm sure it'll be highlights. But whether it's going to be difficult to view, um, from what I understand, I think it's on Sky Sports as well, um, for those who are watching in the UK. And it should, it should be interesting to see whether BN Sports and other sports broadcasters will be showing the tournament. And I think with that being said, very similar to the Premier League. So I remember listening to something very recently. I think it was Gary Neville, thank you. It was Gary Neville, sorry, who was saying he found the production I think he, he I think he's always said that he felt journalists in La Liga were very knowledgeable about the game. But what he said very recently was that the production of um La Liga versus the Premier League like 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 just two like polar poles apart sorry I was struggling for the words poles apart um and I think for those who maybe um take in the content via YouTube or even watch it via Sky Sports I think you'll notice how well-rounded well-rounded it is whether it's conversation before afterwards whether it's influences and discussing the football whether it's highlights etc etc I think there's so much that is involved in the package I think with the Premier League which explains obviously why it's a superb league and a great advert for football and I think with that said, I think it should be interesting to see how that is developed or how that comes across with the AFCONs, whether we see another level or another layer to the previous tournament. Thank you for today, and I look forward to seeing you in about a week's time. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories and unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamgarnieu on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.